Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hey, folks, it's Rena Jadhav here host of Healthier Podcast, founder of HealCircle.org. And so today I've got with me Dr. Todd Ovakaitis. Hi, Dr. Todd. Hi, Rina. And we're talking about your book, Growing Younger, how to quickly, I love that word, quickly, reverse your biological markers of aging. And of course, we're going to ask you what those biological markers are. The story of landmark discoveries in the quest for living younger and longer. All of that sounds very promising. Uh, Dr. Dodd's a genius, um, top of his class from high school till now. He's, he's still out there creating new uh, inventions, discovering new things about our life, about our health. And you can listen to all of this in my other interview with Dr. Todd. This interview, we're going to focus primarily on his book. So Dr. Todd, first of all, I, I want to know, why did you write the book? <laughs> because, because people kept asking, "Where are you going to write a book?" So I wrote one. <laughs> You're easily peer pressured, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very glad you did. And um, for those that are interested, we're going to have a link to access it as well. Um, yes, <laughs> it's full of charts and graphs, and it's a little complex. But why don't we get started at the beginning? What is the premise of the book? What is, what is the core message that you're trying so desperately to get out? Mm-hmm. Well, the core message is to share some profound discoveries that are related to what I believe is part of the key to maximizing a biological potential. And the reason I wrote the book was because there is a lot of information, including validation from clinical studies we have conducted that demonstrates how typically within one to two months that we've shown we can dramatically reduce the biomarkers of aging as well as increase our physical functional capacity. And ultimately, it's a lot easier to write a book than to have to explain everything from scratch one person at a time. So really it's written as an educational piece to share the discoveries that we've made that are logical once you understand the biological basis for them. All right, well, let's start with chapter one, the quest for extended life. How long can we live? Well, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? So I quote to other authors in this area and it's kind of cool because I believe these things myself and it's nice when other scientists are putting their neck on the line as it were, stepping out on a limb as it were. And there is a Dr. Aubrey de Grey, an Oxford PhD who I've seen speak and he's super bright also. And his mission, his passion, is that he believes that aging is a disease like any other. In fact, it's the disease 
that ranks number one of all diseases. And if we are able to, as it were, prevent the disease of aging, then we can completely transform the human experience. And he boldly writes on his book called Ending Aging that people reading this book today may live to be a thousand years or more. Which is remarkable. You know, we're, we're all just trying to live to 90 without being miserably sick. And so the concept of, of being able to live to a thousand years seems uh, not just magical, but, but almost uh, impossible. And yet there's David Sinclair, who I also interviewed, uh, that's written his book, Lifespan, where he again sort of counters the, the concept that, that we are born with a end date. The other author who wrote the very interesting book, Fantastic Voyage, Live Long Enough to Live Forever, a Ray Kurzweil, who's mm -hmm. famous for the instruments that bear his name, mm -hmm. that the world we live in today is one of exponential increases of interconnected information. And he boldly states in his book that if you can live five more years, there's the technology to live another 30. And if you live another 30, but then we may have the technology that you can live indefinitely in essentially a youthful body. And the reason for believing that it's possible comes from a variety of, of lines of evidence, in part from other research besides what we've done, and in part what we're discovering about stem cell biology, which isn't in the Growing Younger book, but it is very tightly allied and related to our extraordinary biological potential if we can tap the full potential of these discoveries, the full implications of these discoveries. So the Growing Younger book initially was just about a single discovery and the clinical study that we did to prove it out. And to cut to the quick, we did a 60-day clinical trial with a particular formula with a specific rationale that I'll explain that in just 60 days of use, along with walking 30 minutes a day, on average, the participants provide eight to 12 years younger biologically. That's just incredible. It's just remarkable. Mm -hmm. And is this Methuselah? It is Methuselah. And if Tell you recall, what's that? Tell us all about it. Oh, sure. So you may recall that in Genesis 5.27, it was stated that Methuselah lived to the happy old age of 969 years. So I guess that's our target. That's the current published record, as it were. And the reality is, I thought like you did for a long time, that maybe they were counting months and not years, for example, where they came up with that number, right? And that said, in part the discovery with the Methuselah formula, which is driven by nucleic acids, the building blocks of DNA, the so-called code of life, and also the work that we've done with stem cells, whereby from the time we are born, or at the time we're born, there's a class of stem cells that goes into a state of dormancy, 
that retain their one-day-old characteristics throughout life. And I realized that if those cells were awake instead of asleep, that that mechanism alone could account for biblical level longevity. Mm. So our lab and associate labs have discovered what would be a plausible mechanism if for some reason those cells were epigenetically turned on as opposed to switched off as they are in general today. The initial study that inspired us to develop this for human nutritional use was a study performed by a Dr. Max Odens in 1970. And he took two groups of rats that were all towards the end of their lifespan. So all the rats in each group were at day 750 for a strain of rats that normally lived to be 800 to 900 days. So they would be roughly equivalent to doing a human longevity study on people that were already 90 years old. So it was a good way to distinguish if there was any real longevity increment. And as anticipated, all of the animals in the control group that didn't get the intervention, they all died in less than 150 additional days. So none of them lived beyond the expected lifespan. So the most that those animals lived would be 150 more days. What was interesting is that the treated animals, while the controlled animals were getting older and losing fur and libido and functional activity and muscle mass, the opposite was happening with them. They were growing younger. They were regaining their mass, their fur, their libido. And after about six or eight weeks, when the others were starting to die off, they were actually looking significantly younger. And in contrast to the control group, which did not live more than 150 additional days, the minimum additional lifespan of the treated group was 850 days. So the worst result was roughly doubling the natural lifespan. And the best result was living 1,500 additional days. So the results of this intervention were doubling and even essentially tripling the lifespan of the animal, that one simple intervention. That's incredible. And when you say one simple intervention, what are you specifically referring to? What, what was in that intervention? What was done was a once-a-week injection of DNA and RNA. Why does it make a difference to give a supplement of DNA and RNA. And you would think if it's that important, if it has that much benefit, why wouldn't that be part of the usual regimen that a nutritionist would give to someone as part of the nutritional program? It's to do with a misunderstanding of nutritional science that is being corrected. Oh. And the position of nutritional science has been that the body is able to make its own DNA and RNA from simple building blocks. Nutritional science holds, in general, that if you're able to make something from simpler building blocks, you only need to consume those building blocks. Mm -hmm. For that reason, the supplementation of nucleic acids was not really even recommended. And there's another reason, which is also very interesting. 
which is that if one simply ingested DNA and RNA in the intact form, or even, even in the individual nucleic acid base form, that the absorption and use from the GI root is extremely poor. Now, as you know, there are two different types of nucleic acid bases. Mm -hmm. There's the so-called primidines, and they're also the purines. So let's talk DNA instead of RNA. DNA has the purines adenine and guanine, and the primidines thymine and cytosine. And they undergo somewhat different metabolism, but particularly the purines, if you simply ingested them, roughly 99% of them are destroyed and converted to uric acid before you even get any biological benefit from it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So part of the issue of their utility is the method in which they are delivered. Interesting. And what our solution has been is providing it in a form that the nutrients can be absorbed transmucosally. So for this, we use the nucleic acids, the DNA and RNA bases, that are already presented in their single building block form, down to a single nucleic acid bases and their derivatives, which are called nucleosides and nucleotides. Okay. So how do you deliver it? What's the delivery form? The delivery form is a photoacoustically or laser activated and enhanced solution of these compounds that are small enough that they can be directly transmucosally absorbed. So you can spray it, how you say, intraorally. And we are compelled to say uh, spray in the mouth and swallow by the regulatory agencies. And the reality is if one allows it to linger somewhat longer, there is direct absorption of these components uh, right into the bloodstream. And when that happens, you get the much more complete utilization as opposed to the typically 99% elimination of purines and 97% or so destruction of the primidine. If you consume intact DNA and RNA, because it's such a large molecule, it cannot be directly absorbed. It goes through the GI tract and it goes massive extension of digestion. It worked in the animal study that Dr. Max Odens performed because when it's injected, it operates differently. Then there are enzymes that hydrolyze it into the individual bases and there is much greater utilization of those particular compounds. So it's not just the Odens study, there are multiple studies showing almost unbelievable benefit of giving the nucleic acids in a form that can be used typically by injection. Most of the studies were done by so-called parenteral delivery, which is either intravenous administration, or in the case of animals, they often give it intraperitoneally, which means into the abdominal cavity for it to be absorbed through the so-called peritoneal lining. You, you talk about phytonutrients, um, the anti-aging power of phytonutrients. Talk a little bit about that. How important is that? And how does that compare to just supplementing with the DNA, RNA? Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, 
as you know, there are two dominant DNA aging clocks. There is the better known clock, which is known as telomere length. Mm -hmm. And there is a lesser known clock, which is known as DNA methylation. Telomeres, I believe, is much more popularly known. And there are now products that are specifically focused on activating the enzyme called telomerase that can re-elongate them. And the basic telomere story is that at the time of conception, the telomeres are roughly 15,000 base pairs long. And the telomeres are like the protective caps of the chromosome so they don't get destroyed when the cells divide. However, each time the cells divide, the telomeres tend to chip off and be a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter. So that by the time we go from being a single fertilized cell to the time we're born, but all the cell division that is required for that process, the telomeres have already shrunk from about 15,000 base pairs to 10,000 base pairs. Then the human lifespan is typically conditioned from a telomere length of 10,000 at birth to about 5,000. And that is when so-called degenerative death tends to occur or the cells have gone into a state of senescence. So based on that, say if we consider a robust human lifespan to be 100 years long, a diminution of telomeres of roughly 50 base pairs per year could be considered the telomere aging process. And things that accelerate aging accelerate the shortening of telomeres. So stress, lack of exercise, unhealthy diet, exposure to toxins, um, poor methylation as a factor, and I'll explain how that ties into these two mechanisms working together. And virtually anything we know that creates a health risk, um, excessive alcohol, smoking, and all the other various issues and, and toxins we can expose to, that one of the final common pathways is accelerating telomere shortening beyond that 50 base pair per year level. Then DNA methylation has a different type of role. When we go from being a single cell, we first go through an embryonic process of evolving into three different germ layers, so-called ectoderm, mesoderm, and endoderm. Each of those germ layers becomes a particular set of tissues and organs. Now, in the process of differentiating from that one original totipotent cell to a whole body, the differentiation process involves placing muscle groups at particular places in the DNA. Chemically, a methyl group is very simple. You've probably heard of methane or swamp gas. Well, it's a very simple, the simplest possible organic compound, which is CH4. One carbon, four hydrogens. You pull off one of the hydrogens, you have CH3, and that's a chemical group that can be attached very flexibly to different pieces and parts of organic chemistry. So, the methyl groups in terms of DNA, they are placed in a very precise location in DNA. And there are four bases. I'm going to quiz you which of the four DNA bases 
through the methyl groups selectively get attached to? See, which one is it? You can call a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Todd, there's a question I've been posed. <laughs> what, what's the answer? <laughs> you are a clever girl. <laughs> the answer is cytosine. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's the so-called five position. So 5-methylcytosine is a modification of the genomic DNA, and wherever those groups are placed will be an indicator to that cell not to produce that particular protein product. So in a kidney cell, for example, you will suppress a number of genes that will be used to produce brain proteins because you don't need those in a kidney. Or a liver cell will have methyl groups placed in such a way that it's not going to make the protein specific to the retina of the eye, for example. So each of the roughly 200 types of cells in the body have their own unique type of methylation pattern. So at birth, there is a roughly three to five percent methylation level in each of the cells cytosine components and the position of the cytosines is what differentiates the function of one type of cell from another so at birth we have the hundred percent level of so-called dna cytosine methylation and just like with the telomeres, the factors that accelerate aging also accelerate the loss of methyl groups where they're supposed to be in the DNA. And when 20% of the methyl groups are lost from the time we're born, then the risk of certain cancers like ovarian and colon cancer tend to increase significantly. When 40% of the methyl groups fall off from the time we were born, just like losing 50% of the telomere length, that is when degenerative death tends to occur. Now, what's interesting, in autoimmune disease, there tends to be a 50% demethylation level of lymphocytes. So autoimmune disease can in one way be considered a loss of the information integrity of the lymphocytes of the immune system. We've had a lot of success in our program, simply providing the methylation factors, mm -hmm. the specific nutrients that drive effective methylation. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to balance a wide range of autoimmune conditions in wow. essence, just with that one strategy. And what are those? What does someone need to take? So to understand the cycle, one of the easiest ways to put all the pieces together is to understand the dynamics of homocysteine. So homocysteine is a metabolic breakdown product of the amino acid methionine. Methionine is one of the two sulfur amino acids, the other one of course being cysteine. And methionine is especially important because it is the so-called chain-initiating amino acid. So if we look at the codons, the triplet code of life that translates the 
sequence of bases in DNA to the sequence of amino acids in a protein, there are 64 different triplet codes. You have four different bases, three positions, so four times four times four is 64. There are basically 64 different instructions that DNA can give, which is either start, stop, or add a specific amino acid next in the chain. What's very interesting is that the codon that initiates the making of any protein in the body is quite interestingly AUG. Um, and my mnemonic for that is it augments, it's where things start. So AUG is the codon, the start codon, and that begins with the amino acid methionine. So it's at that level, that initiatory level of our own biochemistry that methionine is integrated. Now, when methionine is combined with the energy molecule ATP, adenosine triphosphate, we've probably talked about that before in the program, since it's the energy currency of all the cells in the body, methionine plus ATP yields something called SAMI. Now, SAMI has gotten a lot of press as a natural product, a nutritional product to support healthy mood. It's also been used as a way to support healthy cardiac function, healthy joint function. Well, it is critically important to support healthy DNA function. And SAMI is a methyl group donor. That is what it does. Critically important for the final process to make serotonin, a mood-elevating neurochemical. And it is vitally important because SAMI is the exclusive, the one and only methyl group donor that puts the methyl groups back on DNA. Wow. Yeah. Then of all the supplements out there, it almost sounds like SAMI is the key. SAMI is the key either taking SAMI as it is, or even more ideally, in terms of what I've observed, giving the body the nutrients it needs to drive its internal production of SAMI. We've seen higher SAMI levels giving the precursors of SAMI than giving SAMI itself. Interesting. And what would those precursors be? So that gets us into the whole methylation cycle. And the key of this whole cycle is how the body detoxifies homocysteine to an optimal level. And in terms of clinical studies showing how important homocysteine is, that if homocysteine rises to 10, which doesn't seem like a big jump, the risk of a heart attack is basically doubled. Wow. If it goes to 15, the risk of a cardiovascular incident, heart attack, or stroke is roughly quadrupled. If it goes to 20, the risk is nine times greater than the general population. And also at a homocysteine level at roughly 15, the risk of Alzheimer's is doubled. And the risk of developing various types of malignancies is significantly increased. So homocysteine is the general integrated value for the health and function of the so-called methylation system. 
And this is where we get into the discussion, for example, of MTHFR, which you probably talked about. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. So MTHFR is methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, which is required to create the methylated form of folic acid. So there are three fundamental ways that homocysteine is lowered, and the goal is to get it to the optimum level of seven or below. And one of those pathways, one that is most known, is one that involves folic acid and vitamin B12. So, and there is some actual controversy over the ideal form uh, of both B12 and folic acid, which then gets into what uh, 23andMe may have to say. I mean, now we've got such an advanced world that people are checking their single nucleotide polymorphisms or SNPs yeah. to see if they might have challenging metabolizing one or more forms of vitamins. And they need to use forms that skip over that metabolic step. For example, using the already activated form of vitamin B6 instead of pyridoxine. Uh, using pyridoxal 5' phosphate or P5P, for example. Or instead of using uh, cyanocobalamin, where cyano is actually not so great, it's cyanide, mm-hmm. <laughs> which too much of that may not be so ideal. Instead of using cyano, using methylcobalamin itself. And that is the form That's of, the one that I use. Right. And that's, that's a very good form of it. Uh, there are rare cases, occasional cases, where hydroxycobalamin is better, but for most cases, methylcobalamin is the best form. And in the pathway, in this methylation cycle, there is the limb where vitamin B12 and folic acid, uh, and there again, it's the methylated form of folic acid that is ultimately functional combined to remethylate homocysteine back into methionine. So, so limb one of the detox pathway is one that uses folic acid and B12, and the SNP problems with MTHFR, or precisely 5-MTHFR, are those that will impair the integrity of the detoxification of homocysteine to that specific pathway. That's particularly why it is not ideal for your health to have that SNP. Then the other pathway, other than going with B12 folic acid, uses a nutrient which may be the most powerful remethylation nutrient of all, which is known as trimethylglycine. So the other name for trimethylglycine is betaine because it's a natural compound derived from beet. And what trimethylglycine does, it works with an enzyme in the liver and kidney. Let me give you the long, complicated medical name. Betaine homocysteine methyltransferase. And in this pathway, betaine delivers one of its methyl groups to homocysteine, which converts it to methionine. And this is a particularly efficient pathway to drive the formation of SAMI. So if you give a sufficient ingestion of the betaine, 
one may increase liver SAMI levels by as much as fourfold. Wow. So, yeah, it's huge. Wow. So the first step is betaine transfers a methyl group to homocysteine, but then the very next step is the addition of ATP to create SAMI. And then SAMI has probably at least 100 different pathways in which it is remethylating compounds. It can take old fats and make them young, old proteins make them young again. That is through a different enzyme called PIMT, um, which is the protein methyltransferase enzyme. And also to do things like making myelin sheaths of nerves, um, probably creating balance in the immune system that we were discussing. It detoxifies histamine. So it's the body's um, perhaps most potent intrinsic antihistamine process. So ideally, I might just provide you the simple pathway cyclic diagram so all these things are, are easier to understand how they fit together. Once TMG, trimethylglycine, gives up its methyl group, it becomes DMG, dimethylglycine, which is also used by athletes to enhance athletic performance. And then the nutrient called choline comes into play, which is part of healthy cell membranes, phosphatidylcholine, or part of a healthy memory through acetylcholine. That choline comes into play because it is the methyl group donor that remethylates DMG back into TMG so it can continue the cycle. That's another benefit of taking choline-related compounds, whether it's choline itself or so-called uh, phosphatidylcholine or lecithin. So we have two parts of this pathway, one driver with B12 and folic acid to convert homocysteine to methionine, the other using trimethylglycine. And both of those drive the formation of methionine, but put it in a pathway, a direction, that then uh, is conditioned to combine with ATP and to create SAMI, which is a methyl group donor for um, many biological processes, most especially and importantly, the remethylation of DNA itself. And then there's a third detox pathway, which gets into what you were given therapeutically. And that's a different process, a different pathway, which has the long name, the transsulfuration pathway, where homocysteine under the influence of vitamin B6 and zinc gets converted into the amino acid cysteine, which is then a precursor to the tripeptide glutathione, which is the single most abundant and important intracellular antioxidant. So you've convinced us that the body is super complex. <laughs> and, and I believe personally that the more we try to break it down into this sort of mathematical equation, uh, the more we miss the point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm convinced that our body is not only super complex, but we're just starting to understand the top layer, much less the core functioning. Mm -hmm. um, the, the key question, especially since I had my 18 months of journey back to health, uh, there isn't a formula that works for everyone. You know, so you and I both may have a broken methylation cycle, but how you recover yours is going to be different from how I recover from mine. Um, but yet, you know, thank you so much for having articulated all the different pathways 
uh, that can create this disruption and, and end up with someone like me at 35 getting colon cancer or mm-hmm. someone suffering from one of my, you know, uh, 28 symptoms was absolute histamine intolerance. Mm-hmm. And um, as I got healthier, the histamine intolerance just disappeared. Mm-hmm. So the question I have for you is, most of my audience tends to be someone who has had con- some kind of a health crisis of some sort. Maybe they're still suffering from an autoimmune crisis of some sort, whether that's Crohn's or colitis or cancer or diabetes or heart disease. Um, but not to mention I'm at that age, right? So 48, 49, you get to that age and sort of life catches up with you between the emotional challenges that we carry and the environmental um, attacks on our body followed, of course, by the fact that we have nutritionally deficient food. So it's a perfect storm. So what can someone like me, knowing I've got a broken methylation system and I've got all these detox pathways don't work, what what is the simplest, quickest way out? Mm -hmm. Well, at first I'd like to say you're doing something right because you could pass for someone in their 20s. And I saw you in person recently, so you really look like you're truly how you say, walking the walk, not just oh, talking the talk. Thank you. I absolutely am. I absolutely am. And let me cut to the quick with the discussion. So one of the simplest ways to take all that complex information and use it is just to get a homocysteine level, which is now pretty much as easily obtained as getting a cholesterol level and maybe as more important in terms of cardiovascular health. I'll just say one point about this dynamic between homocysteine and cholesterol, which is critically important, and then I'll give some summarization points so there's something, um, some, some useful practical application information. So cholesterol is hazardous to arteries not so much as cholesterol. If you give even large doses of cholesterol to a laboratory animal like a rabbit, it causes essentially no adverse effect upon their artery. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. However, if you introduce even a tiny amount of oxidized cholesterol, that it results in raging vascular disease. Ah, okay. So it is not cholesterol per se, it is the oxidation of cholesterol that creates the ravages of atherosclerotic vascular disease. So the mechanisms that are described in Growing Younger all work together in particular ways to minimize cholesterol oxidation and vascular disease and to optimize DNA remethylation and telomere length, because if cells are methylated well and homocysteine is lower, the telomeres stay longer as well. High homocysteine also accelerates shortening of the telomeres, and by extension, normalizing or optimizing homocysteine prolongs the life and well-being of the telomeres. So these all work together. A clinical trial with the Methuselah, we combine these factors together. So Methuselah, in addition to containing the nucleic acids, also contains the methylation factor. So it's providing the methyl groups while the DNA is being regenerated to make more cells. And 
the significant point that I haven't really quite made yet is that it has been recently learned that under stress or even the aging process itself, the body does not make enough DNA and RNA for optimal cellular regeneration. So under those conditions, there becomes a conditional, quote unquote, nutritional requirement to take more DNA and RNA if one is going to have the ideal capability of repairing and regenerating cells and tissue just from a nutritional metabolic standpoint. And that is where this particular formulation comes in, the ability to get these single simple building blocks in a type of optimized biological ratio in a way the bodily can readily absorb and use it, uh, minimizing the production of the byproduct that we don't really want, like uric acid. And then that is combined with methylation factors, so they're coming at the same time, so that it will lower homocysteine. Okay. And at the same time, put the methyl groups back on DNA when the cells are actively generating at a high level because they don't have enough DNA and RNA to do the regeneration process. So those factors work together. Now these are also further amplified and enhanced by the laser technology process. And we sort of stopped in that discussion from the point of the vision that inspired creating the technology to what actually happened. And quite simply, our first experiment, we showed that stem cell-like cells lined up where the beam was and stuck to each other. So we had created a directional localization mechanism for stem cells. And our second experiments, we showed that we could basically inactivate HIV in a test tube if we used a complex enough vibrational string. So in a sense, we had eliminated active HIV in a test tube just with pure vibrational Remarkable. chemistry. Just life-changing, truly. Truly a moment uh, to pop some champagne. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And we can use that same process to ring the vibration and literally to sing to molecules with high frequency vibrations created with laser light. And when we sing to molecules and resonate them, we often find that we get a greater biological effect milligram for milligram than if they're in their ground state, not sung to resonated form. Interesting. So, yes. So the nucleic acids and the related chemistry, we sing to them with light to stimulate them into a higher state of activity and greater bioavailability. And we have other lines of experimentation to show that we are indeed enhancing bioavailability. Wow. So all that goes together. And the essence of the clinical study, which was a placebo-controlled clinical trial, the most interesting arm was the part where a group of older, somewhat overweight men used either the actual product or the placebo form for a 60-day period and were instructed to walk for 30 minutes briskly five times a day. And after 60 days, the comparisons were pretty astounding. And the biggest changes were that whereas the placebo group showed no significant benefit in any of the metrics, either the muscle mass or percent body fat, it actually had a significant loss of aerobic capacity, interestingly enough, um, or I think it approached significance anyway. In contrast, in the group that did the simple exercise of walking, 
over a mere 60-day period, gained 15 pounds of muscle. Wow. While losing 10 pounds of weight. So they're 10 pounds lighter, but had 15 pounds more muscle. And that alone suggests a roughly 8 to 12-year reversal of aging based on the biomarkers both of muscle mass and percent body fat. Muscle mass and strength may be one of the most significant biomarkers that determine how well someone lives into their older years. What and what was the dosage, fat? Dr. Todd? What's that? What was the, the dosage? dosage? It was the basic recommended amount of six sprays uh, twice a day, uh, six sprays once a day. Just and that. And this is Methuselah. That's Methuselah. Okay. It can be divided three sprays twice a day, but it's probably easier just taking six sprays once a day. Okay. And not only was there, if you look at it from another standpoint, if someone loses uh, 10 pounds of weight while gaining 25 pounds of muscle, um, how much fat do you think is being metabolized? Right. So, so you have, in essence, almost a, a 25 pound improvement in overall metabolic fitness. So losing a whole lot of fat, gaining a whole lot of muscle, and being 10 pounds lighter in the process. And That's that was incredible. Just, With just six sprays once a day. Once a and day. how quickly did you see the results? Was it a couple of months, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? That was 60 days. 60 days, okay. That was a 60-day study. Yep. Okay. And not only that, aerobic fitness was also significantly improved in the treated group. Because you're making them younger. The body's just... To your point about the body's aging, aging backwards, the body's getting younger. Exactly. And there was a statistically significant drop in homocysteine levels, which also suggested from the metabolic biochemical standpoint, roughly another 8 to 12 year reduction of physiologic age. And, and I know I speak for everyone who listens to my podcast. What's in Methuselah? So, How are you providing us with the RNA and DNA, where, what's the source of this RNA and DNA? Uh, primarily bacterial fermentation. Ah. So we're ingesting bacteria in some sense, which as we learn more and more about the microbiome, we're just a walking, talking microbiome, aren't we? We're just a lot of we're trillions of bacteria and fungus moving in, in rhythm and uh, in in a dance of, of some sort. And, and I think we're under attack and a lot of these, the microbiome becomes unhealthy, whether it's glyphosate or something else. And you've just found a way to give us some more really good, healthy, focused, targeted type of bacteria that's gonna go in and make us healthier. Right, well, it doesn't actually contain bacteria. It's not a probiotic formula, but the nucleic acids are a fermentation byproduct particularly bacteria, there may even be some that are yeast fermentation byproducts, but it's basically um, produced in a fundamental biological way. And then in addition to the basic nucleic acids, we also provide ATP itself. Okay. So when it's getting an immediate Got it. of pure ATP, which is the precise energy currency of the body, in fact, if one quickly absorbed the ATP that's present, one could roughly acutely double circulating ATP levels. DNA bases, the RNA bases, ATP, 
methylation nutrients of methylcobalamin, the ideal form of the okay. B12 molecule. It has folic acid, and now we're in a big debate whether we keep it folic acid or whether we go to methylfolate or folic acid. There are, are metabolic arguments for either way, although I did hear one from Terry Cochran at the event, who's got the Cochran method, that she actually believes that folic acid and methylcobalamin in many cases could be the ideal combination rather than methylfolate, interestingly enough. And we provide further the amino acids that the body uses as the building blocks to make its own and a few other nutritional support factors beyond that. Very exciting. So Methuselah Life, where can uh, my viewers and listeners get access to it? Give us, give us your website link, please. Sure. That would be www.gematria, an ancient word, as you know, G-E-M-A-T-R-I-A.com. Fantastic. And of course, we're going to put the links in the show notes as well. For, for those folks, Dr. Todd, that sort of are shy of supplements and want to look at what can I do beyond supplements to bring my health back, to get out of my autoimmune health issues, what are, just give one or two of the top things you recommend someone can start doing today to get into better health. Absolutely. So for the person who feels that they get everything that they need from their diet, lots of luck actually these days, but <laughs> <laughs> for the person who thinks that diet alone is sufficient and supplementation is not part of what they care to do, then there are massive health benefits from two things in particular safe, simple, require no special equipment. And the first is exercise. And it doesn't require joining a gym, although there is a utility in that. But just the simple act of walking briskly for 30 minutes a day, uh, pushing at least to get up to about 70% of your age-related cardiac maximum heart rate, just brisk walking 30 minutes a day has huge health benefits especially if you walk briskly for five to 10 minutes after every meal, that boosts metabolic rate, increases metabolic efficiency, allows one to go from gaining weight to losing weight on the same number of calories. There is a huge benefit just to the simplest exercise of walking briskly 30 minutes a day. Now, there are even greater benefits if one adds the anaerobic component, basically weightlifting, to the program, then you're building muscle mass. And as we said, muscle mass may be the single most important biomarker that relates to how well one ages. Not only the reduced risk of things like falls and broken bones from that, but also just one's functional capacity, how well and how efficiently one can function. So that might be perhaps the most important of the biomarkers of aging is building muscle mass. And having 15 more pounds of muscle in 60 days just with walking 30 minutes a day is pretty astounding. And that was proven just with the supplement. But even without taking the supplement, just walking for 30 minutes a day is huge. If a person wants to do an exercise program but doesn't want to be a gym rat and work out one to two hours, uh, three to five times a week, there is an amazingly brilliant and efficient program called the Power of 10 
you can buy for about 10 bucks on Amazon. And it basically describes that you can do a single 20 to minute, 20 minute to 30 minute workout once a week and get stronger every week. Wow. With reduced risk of strain and injury. Uh, also a very brilliant concept that has to do with uh, the power of 10 is literally 10 seconds up on a lift, letting a go and the release for 10 seconds down. The muscles being exercised at every point in the movement for slow speed is reducing the risk of muscle and tendon tears and joint injuries. And one uses the quantity of weight where the muscle is exhausted in 48 repetitions at the very end when there is no more strength to lift, one holds that for 10 seconds. That fully exercises 100% of the muscle group to exhaustion. And that is what gives the biggest peak release of growth hormone and then weights five to 10 days before the next workout. So there's enough time to heal. So it's a very efficient system. Particularly people are not in shape to begin with if they want to safely and gently literally build their muscle mass, strength and functionality. So those two things, just doing those two things will greatly increase health, fitness, wellness, improve things like cholesterol, uh, insulin sensitivity, blood sugar levels, and so forth. And the other thing that's safe, simple, and requires no special equipment is meditation, which, <laughs> of course, was one of the main thrusts of the program that we were just at. And there are many different ways to meditate. And simply sitting in a chair and stilling the mind for 20 minutes has massive health benefits. You can elongate your chi mirrors without uh, expensive supplements. Uh, not that we make, but there's one, for example, that was very popular for chi mirrors that cost a thousand bucks a month. Yes. <laughs> you know about that one. I sure do. Work. Yep, but it did work. And I've interviewed Dr. Ed Park, who had a version of that that was a lot more affordable, but it was still in hundreds. Right. All right. Yeah, there we go. So the act of meditation, just that alone, creating sort of an altered state of relaxed awareness, allowing the neurochemistry to settle down, allowing cortisol levels to drop, that alone has been shown to be able to elongate telomeres. So one can be four to six years younger or plateau one's aging process just by meditating, and particularly if one combines it with exercise, that alone, without doing anything else, can greatly improve health and well-being. I swear by both. I swear by meditation. I roll out of bed in the morning, and it's the first thing I do, and I follow Shambhavi, which is uh, Sadhguru's trained uh, meditation, sure. and it's whole Kriya, mm -hmm. and um, I don't go to bed unless I've worked out. It's just mm -hmm. one of those habits, and you know, I hear so many people say, well, I just don't have time. And I've realized it's not that they don't have time, it's that it's not on the top of the list. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. I say it a lot in different podcasts. Um, it's not about finding time. It's about prioritizing. And if health is important, if wellness is important, if you want to live to the fullest and experience this amazing life and be joyful and then meditating and working out and building muscle mass has to be prioritized to be on the top. Maybe other things need to fall off that list. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you shouldn't ever have to find time to meditate and work out. Those are things you should do the way you brush your teeth. And I totally agree with you. It's really about integrating it into one's pattern of being. And I, I love Sadhguru's information and the various 
instructions and perspectives that he gives. And also recently at an event, we did a morning practice that was really pretty sweet for those that are just dipping their toe into the waters of meditation. There was this very beautiful meditation done to the mantra Om Namo Shivaya. Oh, yes. Which the syllables represent all five of the elements in one quick little mantra. And it's quite beautiful when sung. Dr. Todd, thank you so much for writing this book, for sharing and revealing all that you know about what makes us amazing, what makes us superhuman. Um, I hope that um, you and I will get to hang out and have this conversation on our 100th birthday, living like we do right now. So, or 200th. Or 200th. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Or 900, what's the number, 969, 965, something like that? That's the target, that's right. Thank you so much for coming in today. And for the rest of you, stay smiling, stay joyful, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll see you on another podcast. And check out HealCircle.org where the conversation continues. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.